G'day and welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. I am your host, Jacob Andre, and today I am talking to Sam Adjusafe. So if you'd like to know more about the benefits of swim training for elite athletes, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. G'day and welcome to the episode Prelude with Sam Adjusafe. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you about our home base, which is themindyourbodyshow.com, which is our website. If you head on over there, you can go directly to the episode page with Sammy and scroll down, read through the description and see what you are going to learn in this episode. If you continue to scroll down a little bit further, you can subscribe to the show where it says, enjoy the show, subscribe to never miss an episode. And I highly encourage you to do so to make sure that you don't miss any episodes. You can also from there go down a little bit further and engage in discussions around this episode, talking about your favorite parts and your biggest takeaways. So around the bottom of the episode page, you can also find your preferred and favorite platform to view or listen to the episode on. This includes YouTube, where you can do the same thing, subscribe. If you like the video, please like it. Please comment, engage in conversation around the episode. And if you really took something away from it, please share with your friends. You can also get access to iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Libsyn in order to listen on whatever it is your favorite platform is. Okay, so if you have been watching me and listening for a little while, you'll know that I'm absolutely loving Instagram at the moment and Instagram stories. And I highly encourage you to take a photo of you listening on your device and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at the Mind Your Body Show with underscores in between each word. I love to hear what your biggest takeaways are and engage in what yours are and compare them to mine, which I'll share with you in just a little moment. Okay, so this episode with Sammy, I'm just going to give a quick background as to how I met Sam Adjusafe. So my cousin is the AIEW at a local primary school. AIEW stands for Aboriginal and Education Islander Worker. And so she said to me, there's this guy that's teaching at the school that I'm working at. And I think you would really get along with him. He's really funny. He's so much like you. And I think you would just have so much in common. And I think you should meet him one day. Anyway, this school had a very strong social uh, group. And so their social group, their social committee, um, the group that goes and spends time together outside of school was quite strong. I was invited along to this event that they were going to one night. It was actually a local sailing yacht club association's 38th, I think it was, birthday. And it was a pirate theme. And so my cousin invited me along and Sam and his wife, Chloe, were going to be there as well. There's a, this group from this primary school, as I said, very strong social group. And uh, we went along fully dressed up in pirate outfits. And I met Sam at this event. It was the most fun night. We ended up going out into town afterwards, all dressed like pirates and had an absolute blast. But while we were sitting there having a chat, connecting, he had, was taught, I asked him about his background and where he had come from and how he ended up in Darwin. He's actually an Olympic athlete. He competed for Nigeria in the 92 Barcelona Olympics. And he went away for triple jump. I'll leave more to that story to Sam when he talks about that later. But he is actually an Olympian. 
And we were talking about how he ended up in Darwin. His wife is Australian. She ended up with a job uh, at a local oil and gas company or a Japanese owned oil and gas company, which was uh, based, this operation was based in Darwin. And so he had come from the Aspire Academy. And then when he mentioned Aspire, now Aspire is the biggest sporting academy in the world. And it is in Qatar. And as soon as he mentioned it, I said, oh, I know a guy there that works there, a guy called Anthony Hazeldean, who's coming up on the next episode of the Mind Your Body Show, who I met in Darwin. He's a local from Darwin, worked at the Northern Church Institute of Sport. And I said, oh, I know Anthony. Do you know Anthony? And all of a sudden, just the connections um, all started coming out and he knew Anthony very well. And uh, it's so funny that both guys are now in Darwin and it's been great to be able to catch up with them in person again, multiple times and get to know these guys are seriously world leaders in their field when it comes to sports science. So very, it was a really random uh, situation, but Sam is such a wonderful guy and I just couldn't wait to interview him and talk to him about his experiences in life, in sport and at Aspire Academy. So in this episode, you are going to learn what Aspire Academy is and why it's one of the world's leading sports academies, how the swim program started at Aspire, which was ultimately, uh, don't know if founded is the right word, but uh, one of the main people behind the program was Sam. The benefits of swimming to develop fitness and aerobic endurance. Why all athletes should incorporate aquatic programs. How to incorporate swimming into your program. How long to give it before you start seeing results. What's going on at a cellular level in the cardiovascular system in response to swim training. What hypoxic training is and its benefits. Aspire's greatest success stories, and some of the biggest names in sport Sam met at Aspire, including who he considers bigger than, get this, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, that is, Messi, Beckham, and Rooney. This, the people he's met is phenomenal, and I was absolutely starstruck as he started mentioning and dropping these names. So Aspire is in Qatar. It is the world's leading sports academy. They have had, their, I won't mention who their biggest athlete is that's come through the program, but he is the second highest jumping high jumper in history ever. And Sam worked directly with him. So I'll leave it for Sam to go into a little bit further and talk about in the episode. Now, here's my biggest takeaways. The benefits of aquatic programs for all athletes. How to incorporate swimming into your athletic program how your body responds to swim training and the best thing about working at Aspire. These were my four biggest takeaways from the episode. What were yours? Please share them on Instagram by taking a screenshot of you listening on your device, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the mind your body show with underscores in between each word. And I would love to continue the conversation with you on our website at the mind your body show or over at our YouTube channel, the mind your body show. Anyway, without any further ado, let's get into this episode with Sam Adjusafe. G'day and welcome to the show. I am sitting here with Sam Adjusafe and I'm really excited to introduce you to him and welcome him to the mind your body show. Sam, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. As you know, so- it's morning here in Darwin. Yeah, we're both in Darwin. We're doing this on Zoom because yeah. it just works so well. We could like catch up yeah. and chat. Yeah. 
Um, I'm really intrigued to know, and we're going to get into this, how you ended up in Darwin of all places. And you've got a very, very varied background in terms of your um, athletic career as a professional athlete and your career in general, having worked at Aspire. Um, Before we do that, though, just quickly give a bit of background as to how you came to be Sam and what made you the person you are today. Okay. So um, I was born many years ago <laughs> um, in Nigeria. That's my birthplace. And um, I got into athletics pretty early. Um, you know, in primary school, I was always the best in running and jumping and all that. And um, took it off from there. And after I finished school, got into, um, you know, a little training with my coach at that time and started traveling the world. Ended up meeting a guy who worked in the Middle East and um, our Ayan Sports Club. And um, I was offered um, a contract to come um, be a professional athlete for our Ayan Sports Club, um, which was for me a very big thing at that time because um, I was still looking for a club to sign. And before that, I had been, um, I'd been on the uh, Barcelona 1992 t- team. Um, useful team. I was on the team, but I did not compete. But officially, I am an Olympian because <laughs> I went to the Olympics. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I was quite young. But I went to the Olympics. And um, that exposed me to a lot of um, athletes and um, professionals. And it got me really, really keen on further in my career and I was lucky to have signed with the Australian Sports Club and I took it from there I was I ended up being the best, second best in uh, triple jump in the country in Qatar sorry Australian Sports Club is in the Middle East it's Qatar it's in Qatar a lot of people don't know they know Qatar Airways but lots of people don't know Qatar the country but it's a little country right next to Dubai and it's very beautiful and I live most of my life there 21 years actually and um, that was where I kind of like took it on and became second best in triple jump with a my my personal best was um 1644 which was good for a young man at that time I mean 1644 these days is it's an average jump if you look at the the records on the competitions and the olympics and stuff like that 1644 is an average jump. I think the world record for women now is 15 something. I'm not sure what it is, but the man is 18, 18, 20 something, I think. Jonathan Edwards, he still holds the world record for probably over 20, 25 years, 30 years. I don't know how long now. So it's a very difficult sport. So I got into athletics and um, triple jump got me all the way to the top and um, in Qatar. And but unfortunately, as it as it always happens in triple jump, I got injured, and my knee, my right knee, is messed up right now. And uh, because of the 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 motion of the sport, it it takes a lot of um, toll on your body, and um, my knees were giving way, and I had to stop quite early in my life uh, athletics. I think I stopped around the age of 24, 25, something like that which is usually the peak and you take it from there to like 30-ish. I mean, Usain Bolt still did up to like 30-something, if I remember. And um, yeah, I kind of like um, stopped and then 
lucky for me, I had my bachelor's degree in physical and health education at that time. And I started studying my uh, master's after my bachelor's in um, international sports management from New uh, Southern Cross, New South Wales, um, Southern Cross University. And all that, because I had that, I was equipped for other sports. So I decided to, you know, divert my attention to swimming. And because swimming was another love for me, I was always interested in, and intrigued in swimming. Because at that time, when I was young, um, you know, the stereotype was, you know, black people couldn't swim. <laughs> and which is funny for me, because I was quite, I was a good swimmer, and I loved it. And there wasn't a lot of African looking people in swimming. So I just gave, I gave myself a challenge, like, I'm going to go into swimming, and I'm going to make make something out of swimming. And that's what I did. And I, I got, um, I got my off swim, <laughs> started <laughs> with my off swim. <laughs> and then I did my um, um, uh, American, uh, I had the American qualification, which is FINA. It was under FINA. And um, I took it from there, started coaching with our sad sports club in Qatar. So I became the head coach. And then I moved from there to, um, the Qatar Academy, which is under the Qatar Foundation. I'm sure you've seen Qatar Foundation and like Barcelona. I think they've got sponsorship. They used to have sponsorship from Qatar Foundation. They're quite big. Um, uh, it's owned by the ruling family of Qatar, which is the Altanis. Very lovely people. And um, they gave me the opportunity. And that skyrocketed my career in swimming. And then from there, I got... Uh, the next job was I moved on to the Olympic Committee. I worked for the Olympic Committee as a swim teacher for a couple of years. And then that got me propelled up. And there was a job at the Inspire Academy, which was um, create, literally creating an aquatic department for the uh, Aspire Academy. They did not have, they had a swimming pool, um, but they did not have a swimming department or nothing. So they literally pulled me in, chucked me in there, and they said, start a swimming program for us. And that's what I did. It took a lot of um, guts and yeah, because um, you had to go through a lot of you know, barriers and stereotypes. And um, you've got to respect the culture there. And when you're talking about swimming, you know, at that time, girls weren't even allowed to swim in public when I started coaching swimming in Qatar. And so I had to go through a lot. I actually, I had the first girl swimmer. She was, I think she was 11, if I remember, or 10. I mean, she looked like a boy, but she wasn't allowed to swim in public. She was a little girl, you know? So, which, which is fine because we had to respect our culture and the religion. And, but as time went by, they, they, um, they realized that, you know, we can work on this. There's ways we can go around girls swimming and then they allowed they started allowing girls swim, but you had to wear the, the full body suit, which was fine. And yeah, we got, before I left the, um, the Olympic Committee, actually, I think we had uh, probably about three, four different teams with lots of girls on the squad, like uh, elite swimmers. So, but today I'm proud to say, I mean, I no more there. I don't work in the Middle East anymore, but I'm proud to say they have, they've got an awesome program now in the Middle East with girls swimming, with boys and swimming pools everywhere and they're more safety conscious. And um, I have to say, I'm one of the pioneers of that in Qatar. So I helped um, elevate the 
swimming culture there. So, and that's how I ended up um, moving to Aspire. I got the job. Uh, it was up for offer. It was lots of people came for the interview. And I think I had the most experience, obviously, because I was hired. And um, yeah, I worked in it with Aspire for 12 years um, up till 2019. Uh, early 2019, I decided to pack it up and move to, the, to Australia because um, my wife is from Australia. She was a swimmer too herself. She was a 10K open water swimmer and I coached her for a while. Yeah, <laughs> she was a 10K open water swimmer. Almost made the London Olympics. She almost did, but yeah, about kids and yeah. So 2010, we had our first son. So all that, it was hard to juggle all that. And yeah, the, the dream never happened for my wife in regards to swimming in the Olympics, but she, she was an awesome swimmer. And yeah, so... So I did that and then, guys, sorry. I don't know if you can hear the background noise. That's right. So I, um, yeah. Um, so um, I worked with Aspire for 12 years, um, developing this, um, the aquatic program up till 2019. And that's how my career literally went in sports and then, um, Moving to Australia was a big thing for me. I mean, I've been coming to Australia for about 17 years now because uh, I've known my wife more than 17 years. <laughs> so we've been, we always visited Australia and um, it's always um, a place that I saw my kids growing up in because it's it, Australia is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. I mean, a lot of Aussies don't know that, but I've been around the world. So... <laughs> I've seen places and yeah, Australia is beautiful. And when people say, oh, I'm going to Bali, no offense to Bali, but we've got beaches here that are beautiful. <laughs> so why go to Bali when you can just go to a you know, beautiful beach down Perth or Sydney or Melbourne, you know, you get what I mean. So that's why we decided, yeah, we're moving to Australia because we just wanted our kids to have a different lifestyle and grow up in um uh, a country like Australia, which is their country, because my wife is from Australia. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much my brief history. <laughs> my, so, I'm interested history. for anyone that doesn't uh, really understand know what Aspire Academy is. Can you give a bit of a background as to what it's about and and what sort of athletes okay. you have there? Okay, so Aspire Academy is actually. It's a high school, but it's a sports academy at the same time. So the kids actually go through high school, but at the same time, we have um, the sports department, which um, uh, create, our job is literally to create athletes, elite athletes. And we've done, we did that over the years. I'm proud to say, um, you know, I had an input into a lot of Olympians from the Aspire Academy, one of them, won an Olympic medal. We'll get to that later on. But yeah, so it's, to break it down, it's literally a sports academy created to um, develop athletes, elite athletes. That's so the bottom get, line of Aspire Academy. Just Middle Eastern children from Qatar or is no. it all over the world? No. Okay, if I remember, we probably had about six, sorry, eight or nine core sports. Uh, I'll try and remember, um, we had definitely was all about football, which is soccer here. Uh, athletics, soccer and athletics are big in Aspire. Those two are top. 
And then we had table tennis. We had fencing. We had gymnastics. We had swimming at the start when I joined the academy. Well, swimming was um, taken out of the um, elite sports in, acad in a, the Aspire Academy. We had about maybe five swimmers when I joined who were developing. Um, they, they took swimming out of the, uh, the elite program. The reason, I'm not sure. I'm not going to go into that, but swimming was scrapped uh, at that time, elite swimming. I mean, we had other programs going on in swimming, but elite swimming was crap. Um, did I mention table tennis, uh, fencing, um, gymnastics, shooting? Shooting was another big one. Um, uh, no martial arts. No, no martial arts. No. That's. I think that's all I can remember right now. Probably about eight or nine sports. Or the basic sports were, uh, sorry, uh, soccer and uh, athletics. That's, you know, soccer was the backbone of East, the backbone of Aspire still till today. It was created for, you know, soccer. But all the other sports came in as time went by and, you know, that brought in. And it's a big thing now. I mean, Aspire Academy is, if you, if you check it on Google, for those that do not know, it's the biggest indoor sports hall in the world. If you check it, it looks like a it looks like a dome. It's a blue dome with all sorts of buildings around it. It's beautiful. Uh, I would tell you it's not because I worked there for twelve years, but it's the uh, most beautiful academy you'd ever go to. I mean, we've had all the teams you can think of, even the New Zealand team, Australian uh, rugby team. They all used to come there. Australian swimming team. I met a lot of top Australian swimmers back in the days. Um, I don't know if you know Bindi, Belinda Hawkins. Um, Not she's from no. about Yeah, yeah, no, you get what I mean. Like, um, yeah, yeah. She's, she's an Olympian too. She won Olympic medals and world championships and stuff for Australia. She was a top swimmer back in the days. I think this is about 10 years ago now. Uh, I've met all of them. I mean, because they used to come over to our academy <clears throat> for training programs and stuff. And they used to spend like training camps months, two months in Aspire. So there's, there's been, over the years, there's been awesome athletes. I mean, think of it. What sport can you think of, you know? Everything's there. So it is a big sports academy in Aspire. And so your role was to work with um, swimming and it wasn't necessarily the swimming athletes, but you worked no. with all, all sports and ran yes. their swimming training program. Yes, that's, that was basically my, so I was pulled in to start an aquatic program. When I started, it was just learn to swim, teach the kids how to swim, you know. So I had, um, I had another coach working with me at, at that time. I was the only one to start with when they pulled me in and I got the job. And then um, uh, we hired other coaches to join in. And uh, our job was to teach the kids how to swim. And I think at that time we had about maybe 200 kids in the academy if I remember, and you had to teach all of them how to swim because at that time, um, the importance of swimming was just starting to, um, you know, get into everyone's mind and people were starting to realize that, okay, I think we need to learn how to swim because there was a lot of um, drownings around the country in Qatar at that time and it was really scary and they decided, okay, let's, let's, um, inculcate um, prog swimming programs into the schools and 
a uh, educational programs and stuff. And that was what they did. So they pulled me in to start the aquatic program. So we started with uh, learn to swim. And then we went from learn to swim to um, recovery sessions with the kids. Um, so recovery sessions is pretty big. You know, the kids go out, do their training, athletics, uh, shooting, uh, table tennis, soccer. When they're done, they come to the aquatic uh, center and we give them just relaxation programs and um, recovery sessions and um, just sometimes just come in and just relax in the jacuzzi or the spa. So that was the second program we brought on board. And then the third one I remember was the aqua therapy. We, um, we started using the uh, um, aquatic center for aqua therapy for the kids. And when I say aqua therapy is, we did a lot of um, aqua aerobics um, with the kids where you wear the aqua, aqua belts and we do a lot of running in the water and exercises and stuff like that. So we, we brought that on board, aqua aerobics, and then the aqua therapy part came in later on and they got physiotherapists and um, who were specialized in uh, aquatics. We had uh, two of them from Spain uh, hired in and brought into to the aquatic center. And so they, we started using the um, uh, aquatic center for physiotherapy with the kids. Injury, you know, uh, recovery. So that was big. So we brought aquatherapy in, physiotherapy, and then um, uh, the the um, the uh, aspita aspita is the medical side of Aspire. The aspita got involved, and it was it became a really big thing. And they realized that you know we could actually use aquatics for a lot of things, not just learn to swim. So I kind of broadened them on all that, and basically uh, it blew up from there. And we got I mean we had. Uh, I remember we had uh, teams from uh, France. There was the PSG soccer team. I don't know if you've heard of the Paris Saint-Germain team. The PSG, the soccer team. They're big. They're the biggest soccer team in um, in France. They came. They were one of the first teams to come use our aquatic center for uh, aqua therapy. I remember during their off season, and we had. I was there, and uh, we had all the um, physiotherapists in there helping them, showing them what to do because we had it, we had the uh, resources, we had the, the, the staff and they didn't have it. And they're coming from a you know, top soccer team, top in, in Europe. So they used to come Manchester United. I remember Manchester United coming um, to Aspire Academy to um, use our facilities in regards to um, aqua therapy. So all these things were um, what we started at Aspire. Um, but as we speak, I do not know. I haven't been following um, the programs. I don't know what the program is right now in the aquas, aquatic center. But while I was there, that was what we used the aquatic program for. But as you know, things change. I don't know. It might have changed for the better or, you know, I don't know. So that's pretty much what we use the aqua, aquatic center for. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it sounds so exciting yeah. and especially to be a part and a pioneer who started it. So the benefits of swimming is quite well known yeah. in terms of recovery, but what yeah. about from a point of view of developing fitness and particularly aerobic endurance? Because here's a story of mine. 
I used yeah. to do athletics. I did um, sprints. I got into it through beach sprints, actually, and beach flags through surf lifesaving. And I did a ride yeah. at that. I got into athletics and didn't get, didn't move anywhere near or jump as far as or even close to what you were doing. But <laughs> I did do athletics as a teenager. And one of the things we did start to do was um, aquatic stuff for recovery and rehabilitation, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then when I stopped doing athletics in my early 20s, I went back to play football, Australian rules football. All I was yeah. doing was two days a week of, um, of football training and there was nothing too special about that. And then I started doing two days a week of actual swim training. And I did do swimming as a younger kid. But all yeah. I was essentially doing, I think I can never really swim more than 10 laps. I can't swim for endurance, certainly not like <laughs> your wife, Chloe. No, and swimming 10 days I. Over water. <laughs> yeah. But I was swimming like 10 laps and, um, and it was just pretty much, you know, like 50s, like stop at the end for a bit, come back or hundreds and not really putting anything more together in one go than 200 meters yeah. um, or four laps. Yeah. But what happened was my beep test went from mid 11s to 14.2. And all the only thing that was different was the swim training, essentially. Like I'd stopped athletics. I was doing running, like I was doing 12 to 14 sessions a week. And like, yeah. why yeah. Why do you think that was? Do you know what? Um, a lot of athletes are starting to realize how um, the benefits of uh, aqua, uh, aquatic programs, um, you know, included in their training program for the year, like, um, Swimming is actually an awesome sport. When you think of cross training, you said, okay, you did beat test and your beat test improved and, and you wondered why, and all you did was swimming. Well, guess what? Swimming strengthens athletes, you know, by improving your ability. It's it, just swimming alone gives you core strength. That's one of the basic benefits of swimming. And a lot of athletes don't realize this. As, as an athlete, whether you're doing athletics, whether you're doing soccer or uh, AFL or uh, rugby or a lot, you know, a lot of these big guys don't feel comfortable in water. Like a rugby, you put a rugby player in water, say, let's swim. And he'll be like, you know, uh, you know want to get back on the oval, not swim, man. <laughs> but swimming strengthens, helps strengthens, strengthens athletes and improve ability when you cross train um, in the water. And that's big. It's been proven that swimming is uh, a major sport to help improve core strength. And second thing for benefits of uh, uh, using, uh, um, including aquatic program for athletes um, is, you know, injury prevention. Injury prevention, because swimming improves your flexibility. So if you're, and it's non, you know, it's not uh, high impact. You're in the water, you're suspended in water, so you're improving your flexibility. And that, in turn, decreases your chances of getting injury. So it's big on injury prevention, you know? And, the, well, the main reason why everyone swims again, one of the benefits is keeping safe around water. So if you can't swim, then, you know, you can't be safe around water. That's the primary reason why we should all learn how to swim anyways. But yeah. when we're talking about um, professional athletes and helping your program as a as a as an AFL player or as a rugby player or as a soccer player, helps injury prevention, helps strengthen your core, which is um, big for swimming, your cardiovascular health and your lung capacity development. This helps a lot 
because when you swim a lot and you know that your lungs are developing in a way that you can't even realize. So it's big for your cardiovascular health and lung development. And um, another one I can think of um, is um, improving your endurance. You know, for a lot of athletes who are, say, long distance runners and stuff, swimming is actually like in Aspire, the, the uh, middle distance and the long distance swimmers every week come to the pool, I think about four times. Sometimes they have a whole session in the pool or sometimes they just do like part of their session, if I remember. Um, and if you check uh, Aspire Kids right now, the junior and the senior, I think they, they, we've had a lot of uh, world records in juniors because you know these are kids still when they're in Aspire, they're high school kids. So a lot of them are just competing junior, but once they leave Aspire, then they go into uh, big time competitions. Um, so it's, um, it helps improve endurance. That's another benefit I can think of for swimming. Um, so it's very important for like say distance runners to, to uh, swim. So I, yeah, basically that's, I think that's the, that's the main core benefits of an aquatic program, you know, included into other sports. And it is very important. I think a lot of people have realized it these days and I've started using aquatic sports because I remember in Aspire, everyone, everyone was involved and wanted to get on board and start using the aquatics. And initially, they were a bit like skeptical. We had the old school coaches who were like, you know, like just like, now nah, we don't have time. We need to run. We need to play. We need to, we're wasting our sessions in the pool. But no, you're not wasting your sessions in the pool because rather than going to the gym every day, you can use the pool twice a week, you know, take, take the athletes out of the gym, cross train, put them in the pool, put aqua belts on them, get them to run for about half an hour to an hour. Check it out after a month, check their strength, their core strength, just, it, would, it would improve, you know? So it is, um, it is a big thing when we're talking about uh, elite athletes to include swimming in the programs. Yeah, so strength, flexibility, and endurance. Yep. And I really think in addition in, to- And injury prevention. Injury prevention, yeah. And I think in addition to just core strength, typically between sort of like armpits and hips is like shoulder yeah. health. And I think it really strengthens up. And the shoulder's capable of so much movement, you know, back, forwards, up, down, round, around. And so yeah. I think that shoulder health is good. I actually started researching what was going on um, in the cardiovascular system, you know, at like the lung and- um, and blood stream level. So I'm getting to the capillaries here, which is the capillaries are the tiny little blood vessels that surround the lungs. Yeah. And so yeah. I started researching why I was most likely getting fitter aerobically um, and talk about lung capacity. And what I found was that uh, when you're in water, you know, when you're in air, there's, there's pressure on you. There's air pressure on your body, but it's so minimal. Yeah. Whereas when you're in water, yeah. you've got that hydrostatic pressure. There's the pressure of the water. And the lower, the further you are down, the more pressure there is. So if you're the vertical pressure, in, yeah. Yeah, in water, then there's more pressure on your feet and legs than what there is on your upper body. Unless if you're horizontal, like yeah. you're swimming, then it's generally um, dissipated throughout the body. However, what yeah. I found was that the pressure when you're in water, the pressure on your body 
pushes of the water pushes against your body. And so what happens is we're at the capillary level. So the capillaries are so thin that um, oxygen molecules diffuse through one way and carbon dioxide through the other way, through the yeah. wall of the, um, of the blood vessel. So it goes from the lungs in this side through to the blood vessels on that side. So let's just say that's the capillary wall. And so mm. when you're in water, because of that pressure, your lungs are fighting for space. And so what's happening is that the, the transfer of oxygen one way and carbon dioxide the other way needs to, yeah. um, they're fighting for space. And so they need to um, uh, become more efficient. And so that transfer of oxygen and carbon dioxide becomes more efficient. And that's what leads to then developing that um, aerobic endurance. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. That At least you've done the science part of it. Uh, yeah, I never I just, looked into the science part of it, but yeah, it's <laughs> nice to know that. Yeah. yeah that's, it's been proven. That, yeah, it does, definitely. Um, but from that, I then, I then started to go, okay, so what, um, what are the benefits of hypoxic training? Um, and that's yeah. what I want to talk to you about next, because then I yeah. started, and hypoxic training is essentially... Um, you know, like sort of starving your body of oxygen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and very similar yeah, to oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that one, um, I do not have enough experience with that with hypoxic training. But we do. Uh, Spire Academy has one of the best uh, altitude centers in the world. I know that um, because athletes used to come to Aspire and they go into the altitude rooms, and even our athletes, they spend there. There, there is an altitude hotel. So you actually literally live in it while you're training. So pretty much, you know, that's basically what I know about the program of, uh, in regards to hypoxia. And sometimes they used to take the athletes to, not sometimes, I think every year they used to take them to um, Kenya to go run. You know how the Kenyan athletes are very good endurance-wise? Yeah. Uh, it's apparently because of the altitude in their country. You know, they run at peaks where oxygen level is like minimal and then when they come down to our level they're like you know just running without any any cost for concern and you're wondering why are these athletes so good so they do the research we have at the same time we had the sports department we had the sports science department in Aspire. i'm sure they still have it so we had the science people doing all the science and but our job was basically the coaching side so we didn't worry much about the science bits so we we had the sports science guys they used to take athletes to um kenya and they used to use the hypoxic um center the altitude the rooms and all that and like i said big teams from around the world used to come to use our center because it's literally the best in the world and as i speak i'm sure it still is because they've invested so much money in that place, like, it's, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Like, it is, it so, is crazy. Yeah, where does all this money come from for Aspire? Um, yeah, for sponsorships for Aspire Academy. Uh, Qatar is a very unique country. I'll just take you from the top. Um, the ruling family are called the Althanis. They're called the Althanis. I actually um, very opportune to have coached one of the prince. Uh, of the country i'm not going to mention names because i'm not allowed to his name but i was i did coach one of the prince the princes there uh, as a young prince my wife to work with the queen 
Um, these people are awesome, amazing people. And they spend, you know, Qatar is one of the richest countries in the world. So that alone tells you where the money comes from. If you Google Qatar, you know, they, at that time, I do not know now, I don't follow all these things, but they were the richest country per capita income in the world. Uh, as at 2019, 2018, when I was there, before I left. But right, like I said, I'm not sure where they are now, but I'm quite sure they'll still be one of the top richest countries in the world. So it is a very small country. Population before I left was about 2,400,000 people. You know, and so the gas, gas was the main income. They've got the um, LNG programs there, which are awesome. And that is where basically where the uh, finance comes from. So the government literally pays for everything. They built the uh, center and they fund it and just keep everything moving. Like every other uh, department or every other uh, uh, sector in the country. The government literally sponsors everything. So there's lots of private um, investors and stuff, but uh, all, the, all the programs in regards to sport are sponsored by the country uh, government. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's pretty much where the finance comes from. Um, they do not hold back. They spend and spend and spend. And you know, they're hosting the World Cup for soccer next year. Um, our I was lucky to have seen a couple of them before I left in 2019 that they built. These stadiums are out of this world, um, literally out of this world. Some of the stadiums that the World Cup soccer is going to be held at. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you mentioned that uh, you had coached some or that uh, Spire had some athletes that ended up going on and winning medals at the Olympics. Yes. Oh, definitely. Are you able to share a bit more about that? Yeah, I will. I'll share one that I uh, I was very closely involved with. <clears throat> There's a lot of others, but I'll just mention one. Um, his name is Mutaz, Mutaz, M-U-T-A-Z, Isa, E-S-S-A, I think, Barsham, B-A-R-S-H. I am Barsham. I think that's the correct spelling. Sorry, Mutaz, if I didn't spell your name well, he's <laughs> probably <laughs> going to see this and go. <laughs> so I did work with, he, he was um, one of the first successes Aspire ever had in athletics. And he's still the biggest because he's won an Olympic medal. Um, this kid started in Aspire. Um, when I joined Aspire, I joined Aspire 20, 2006. I think and towards the end of 2006, and I left 2019. But when, when I joined the Spire, he was one of the first set of kids that was, because um, the kid, the academy just opened when I joined. So he just got admission. And looking at this kid, you wouldn't even predict he would be an Olympic medalist. You will never predict. You know, he was quite naughty and didn't really pay attention to training at the start. And, but as time went by, this kid just started growing and growing and he getting longer and everyone started realizing hmm, there could be potentials here. And we started with, you know, when they, when they get into Aspire Academy, we do at the lower grade, we do um, multi-sports because my job title was actually um, multi, um, multi-sports coach 
my last job title. I went through about four different job titles in 12 years. But my last job title was um, multi-sports coach. So what we did was with Mutas, we started in the aquatic league, teach, taught the kid how to swim and a lot of kids around him, not just him, because we didn't predict that he was going to be an Olympic medalist. So taught him how to swim, got him involved in all sports, which was the program at that time, let them experience different sports, even though he loved athletics and he came in with athletics. He tried other sports in workout, in athletics, he just kept growing and getting better, growing and getting better. And then the focus started on him. I think when he won the uh, Qatar um, local athletic championships and his record, I, I can't remember records. I'm not going to quote it here because he might get upset with me if I get it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, his records were quite good at that time for a young 14, 15 year old kid. And, but then he started getting stronger. We put him in the pool. He learned how to swim, was really fast. You know, he's very long. He was in his, he was, I think he was six feet already when he was about 15 years old, 15, 16 years old. And then, just got him in the pool, got him involved with the aquatic program and all the other programs. And the coaches at that time in athletics just took him on board and gradually growing. And then to cut a long story short, he's um the the I think the I, I can't remember all the, the the dates and the medals and but I do remember London Olympics. Um, he won uh, a, a, a silver medal. I think silver medal. He won the silver medal for high jump for the London Olympics. And that's from there on, he was just, he was just exploding. He almost made, because for high jump, the record is being held by a guy called Shotomaya. He's a Cuban. And this record has been in existence for maybe 30 years or something like that. If you Google it, high jump records has been forever. It's just sitting there. And Shotomaya, Cuban, and it, no one has come close to jumping what Sotomayor did years ago. But Mutaz Basham, a few years ago, got the second best jump in the world next to Sotomayor. So he almost made Sotomayor's um, record, but he still hasn't done it till now. I'm not sure if he, I, I, I mean, the kid is talented. You can't predict. If he goes to the Olympics, the next Olympics, he might do it. I don't know if he's going because I've not been following his story, but I do, I do believe in that kid. He is one talent. And for him to have jumped the second best in the world, no one has come close to Sotomaya, but Mutaz. So when you check the records, the world records, or the best jumps in the world for high jump, his name is on the top. He's right next to Sotomaya. So he's, he's one of the uh, athletes that I can say is a success story for Aspire. Um, I mean, there's others, don't get me wrong. There's others, we have other medalists, world championships, and we have sprinters, even soccer. We've got players right now in Europe from Aspire who are playing in Europe. Um, and you did ask me a while back if uh, it's just the local kids, Arabic kids or no, it's not just the local kids. Um, they have uh, a program where they go around the world and get athletes, uh, talents, and they bring them into Aspire, and they just um, 
give them, it's like a scholarship program. I know the one they used to do for soccer was um, an African program where they go, it was called the uh, Spire for Africa Soccer Dream, something like that. They go, um, we had another department, which is the talent, uh, talent ID, uh, which um, um, Anthony actually would know more about because uh, he was in talent ID. They go around scouting athletes and stuff, but this one was for soccer. They went around Africa. There was a program in different countries in Africa. They chose some certain countries and they had the staff in those countries that did like um, trials. And then out of them, probably out of like a million kids, they get like a hundred thousand kids. And then out of a hundred thousand kids, they cut them down to like 50. And then out of the 50, the Aspire guys, the Aspire uh, staff would travel to Africa and then go test those kids and get the best out of a million kids. So they, they, have, they got a lot of kids right now that are absolutely amazing. Um, names I can't mention because a lot of these kids have moved on and you know time goes by and people change. And, but, but I know the only one I can vouch for and I can mention name is Mutaz Arshan because I know he's won Olympic medals, he's won world championships and, and then a, you know, all the, all the others that he's, he's involved in. So that everyone knows when you refer to Anthony, you're referring to Anthony Hazeldine, who, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. who we both know, who, um, who yeah. I met, he's from Darwin and who I met at the Northern Territory yeah. Institute of Sport and worked with you at Aspire. Yes, yes, he did. We, we were colleagues in Aspire and um, he's back home here too now. Uh, he, Anthony was um, one of the guys in charge of the talent ID for the uh, in intakes in Aspire. So Anthony and his other man, I'm not going to talk too much about Anthony's program. So he, he's, he can tell you all when he, he, sees, he speaks with you guys. And, but he, their program was basically to go around and scout athletes for Aspire. That was their program. So what, for you, what was the best thing about being at Aspire? The best thing for me about working in Aspire was um, working with, amazing professionals from different sporting backgrounds. Um, it was, Aspire was for me like um, an eye opener. Let's just say it like that. I'm, I met the best physiotherapists in the world from France. <laughs> yeah. According to the physiotherapists, there's this guy in Aspire, he's one of the best in the world, physiotherapist. I met I met people from Australia who are amazing coaches, amazing sports scientists. There's still a lot, a lot of people there from Australia, actually. There's lots of Aussies that work there. Um, I met people from all sporting backgrounds you can think of. I mean, it's so for me, that was the best thing about working in Inspire, just meeting all these amazing athletes and meeting you know, the top of the tops. I met the best athletes in the world. I met, when you talk about soccer, I've met Messi, I've met Cristiano Ronaldo. When you talk about um, rugby, I've met the best teams in the world. I've met the New Zealand um, All Blacks. I met a lot of them at that time. I don't know how many of them are still on the team right now as we speak. I uh, met the best swimmers in the world. Met, uh, think of it. I mean, it's just, Aspire was uh, an avenue for me that exposed me to a lot of uh, awesome people, 
working alongside alongside awesome people. So it was a big experience, and uh, I would always cherish that, hold that dear to my to my heart because uh, Spire gave me a lot. It, it's it's an awesome place. That's awesome. I'm gonna like come back and knuckle down on Messi and Ronaldo. How sure. did you, how did that come about? Were they at Aspire or did you get to travel and then meet no, them? No, no, they were at Aspire. Um, Aspire. I met uh, David Beckham. I've met um, what's the other dude from Manchester United? Um, uh, Wayne Rooney. I've met Wayne Rooney. They they probably don't remember me, <laughs> but I've met all these guys because you know we we work there and they bring them in. And with Cristiano, he was visiting, like all the others. And he was just walking past. They brought him in the pool. And I was like, wow, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And, you know, everyone gets weak in the knee around Cristiano. He's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Not just because he's uh, one of the best soccer players in the world, but this, this dude is, um, is a philanthropist. He does a lot of things for, you know, beyond the privileged around the world that people don't know about. So I, I do like Cristiano Ronaldo. Messi, on the other hand, he's another good one. You know, Messi is a very quiet guy. When I met him, I was actually surprised how small he looked, you know. <laughs> he's, a, he's a giant, but he's a small guy, if you know yeah. what I mean. So, so I met all these guys I'm talking about in Aspire Academy. I met, um, I don't know if you know, another soccer player. I met, I met um, Ibrahimovic. His name is uh, Ibrahimovic. I think he plays in... He played in Italy for a while, but I'm not sure where he plays right now. He's a soccer player. He's another big-name soccer player. I met him in the swimming pool. He was about probably 6'5 or something like that. Big, big dude. And, um, oh, the biggest name. I'll give you my biggest name was... Um, bigger, wait, uh, bigger Sha- than Ronaldo Sha- and Beckham? <laughs> yes. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> oh, but I, I was like, nah, how can... There's no way you can beat that. Yeah, like, yeah. Shaquille, I met Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, he's it was the that was the funniest one because his bodyguards were smaller than him when I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was at the Aspire Academy and walking past and it looked like a giant and you know we went up to him. He had like lots of security around him and but you know we shook hands and wow I was like you know I was dumbfounded because this dude is a giant. So I met, yeah, I met, Aspire gave me a lot of um, um, opportunity to meet the best of the best and work with the best of the best. So I am and what you're saying, what you're saying, you are a very, very lucky guy. I is am that, guy, yeah. yeah, so you're saying that the best in the world, the Shaquille O'Neal's and the Ronaldo's yeah. do swimming as part of yeah. the training program. And so everyone needs to be doing swimming. Everyone needs to get involved in swimming because um, you, um, you're missing out. You're missing out. Um, like, like I said earlier, if you, know, if you have a program, let's, assuming you're a, a rugby player or you play uh, Aussie rules, you're going four times, four days in the gym, take, or five days in the gym, take one or two days, go in the pool. It's so easy. All you need is aqua belt. You, bet, you, you can buy aqua belts from any sports shops. They're like 50 bucks. I think I have $50. I bought one just around December. It costs $50 to buy an aqua belt. And all, you, all the aqua belt does is it keeps you buoyant, keeps you suspended in deep water. So you can do a lot of exercises that strengthens your core, that helps injury prevention, that um, 
that helps develop your lung capacity and uh, cardiovascular um, system, um, that helps improve your endurance. So I would really suggest that athletes who are still not on board, take this on board because I've seen, I've seen aquatic program work for a lot of athletes who are best in the world, who have been Olympians and have won Olympic medals. So it's not just um, uh, kids. We're talking about, we're talking about elite swimmers, elite athletes, sorry, who have used swimming to elevate their, their status in the sporting world. And so were you doing swimming as in like freestyle type swimming as well, or is it all like deep water running, um, like type stuff with the belts on? Basically a lot of deep water running. Um, let's just say water yoga. <laughs> let's just break it down, make it, make it easier for people to understand. It's like doing yoga in water. So, but you do a lot of running, aqua jogging. You do a lot of aqua jogging. Um, but with the aqua jogging, there's other things that you do, uh, you know, aqua aerobics, you know, a lot of exercises you can do in the water that would help improve your lung capacity, strengthen your core and all the other bits. So it's, but it's basically focused around aqua jogging. I remember in there was a local... There was a local athlete here, a female who um, had an injury. She trained with a coach that I was training with and she had some sort of an injury, like a foot injury. I don't know what it was, like maybe a bit of a stress fracture. Let's just say that's what it was um, in her foot. There was some kind of injury which prevented her from being able to weight bear um, and continue to do her running. And it was about two months out from some competition. And so she just transferred all of her running that she was going to be doing um, on her feet into the pool and started running in the pool. <clears throat> so essentially if she was doing a one hour jog, she just did one hour of slow deep water running. She ended up getting back to race without getting back on her feet before that race, running that race and running a PB. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually more difficult to run in water than running on land. So it's a more difficult exercise, and, but you do gain twice the amount of what you're gaining on land. Like, let's now, let's break it down a bit. Let's not talk about elite athletes now. Let's talk about an average human being who's trying to lose weight. If you're trying to lose weight, if you do a month on land, and this has been proven, or you do a month in water, I mean, jogging, you will lose more weight running in water, period. Yeah. You will lose more weight running in water. So it's because the, and it's low impact, zero impact. You will not get injured. You can't get injured doing aqua therapy, aqua aerobics. So it's, and you know how it is running, because it's not good for a lot of people actually. So lots of people don't realize that running on hard surface is actually detrimental to their health. You know, a lot of people run, run, run on hard, hard concrete or, it's not good for your knees, it's not. So if you're running in water, it's better. You will not get injured, you get stronger, you will lose more weight if you wanna lose more weight. Develop your muscles, your core strength. So it has been proven that exercising water is twice better than exercise on land. Yeah. For a lot of uh, athletes. Athletic performance, weight loss. It's interesting you mentioned knees because yeah. I'm coming across more and more people at the moment 
uh, in the general population in terms of general fitness who have got knee yeah. issues, knee problems, and like yeah. wearing away of yeah. the meniscus and all the cartilage. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I have ideal. that problem. Yeah, yeah I have so, my, right now. I have no fat pad on my knee, my right yeah. knee. So every time I bang my my knee on the coffee table, it hurts. And, you know, from my my mine is just from the sport I used to do, triple jump. It's not a very good sport. Um, it it wrecks your knees. And at that time, I didn't I didn't really have strong knees. I mean, I used to squat 220Ks as an 18-year-old kid. So I was quite strong, but my knees weren't very strong at that time, you know? So, I mean, so that killed my knees, um, the sport I used to do. But for other people, you know, some people shouldn't be running on hard surfaces. But a lot of people do not know that. I mean, I go to the gym and I see some people, they're running, form is really off, and that kills their knees too. Not everyone knows how to run. It's, it seems easy. Oh, just get up and run. But it's not everyone that knows how to run. You see people jogging on tiptoes. Jogging on tiptoes. No, you shouldn't be jogging on tiptoes. It's heel to your toes, heel to toe, right? If you're jogging. If you're sprinting, yes. On the other hand, it's, you know, your toes are doing more of the, the front of your foot is doing more of the work for sprinters because you're on your tiptoes, literally, when you're sprinting. But when you're jogging, you shouldn't be on your tiptoes. I see that in the gym. So that is not a good form. So a lot of people don't know that. But if you're in water, it doesn't matter if you're jogging on your toes or you're jogging on your heel, you're hitting the water with your, you know, your strength, whatever. You will never get injured in water. Never. So it is something that um, everyone should take on board. Aqua uh, aerobics. Aqua therapy, aqua exercises, just basic learn to swim. If you can't swim right now in 2021, it is a shame. You should learn how to swim or teach your kids how to swim. So they, they're equipped. And then, you know, because as an athlete, even if you work, even if you're a, a surf, uh, sorry, um, a rugby player, whatever you are right now, Everyone uses aqua aerobics for athletes, for professional athletes. So you need to get involved, get your kids involved, get programs, all your programs. There's lots of um, coaches out there, fitness coaches, get them involved, you know, with, um, get them involved with, um, sorry, um, aqua, aqua, aqua therapy, aqua programs, it's it's something that you need to get get kids involved these days. I I can't say it enough because I've seen it work for lots of people. And um, in 2021, there's still a lot of people who are skept, skeptical um, on um, using aquatics. But it's it's something I feel should be made part of a program. If you're a fitness coach, if you're a professional uh, coach, if you're a whatever coach you are. You need to get kids, your athletes, into it, you know. And, and it's never too late. It's never too late to learn how to swim too. It doesn't yeah. matter because I, I meet a lot of people here in Darwin actually, who are you know you know how it is in Darwin. No one swims, <laughs> you know, because you can't swim in the ocean here unless you want to see the big smile of a lovely croc. <laughs> so no one goes in the in the water here. Yeah, so but I've met a lot of people here who can't swim, who are grown-ups, 
like me and you. And I, I just say to them, no, you've got to learn how to swim. It's never too late. They're like, nah, I'm too stiff. I'm like, no, just get in the water. It's easy. Learn how to swim. You know, it's never too late to learn how to swim. Even if you're in your 40s, 30s, 50s, 60s, never too late. Actually, as you grow older, it's more beneficial to swim, to train in the water, not online, because of all the joints problems that you develop and, you know, uh, it's just it's just something that everyone needs to get on board for sure and hopefully we've uh, helped to encourage people um yeah I to get so. in the pool and learn the benefits of swimming so what's next yeah. for sammy in life <laughs> uh right now in darwin um i'm just um i'm enjoying the um australian lifestyle i mean we lived in western australia for a while for about a year when we moved back in 2019 uh, we lived in uh, Port Hedland. I don't know if you've heard where Port Hedland is. <laughs> yep. It's in the outback in Western Australia. Uh, it's a lovely place, lovely small place. Um, but we needed something a bit bigger. So we moved to Darwin and um, I did work in a primary school here for a year. Um, but, you know, right now I just feel I need to slow down a bit because my wife works uh, full on. Um, so one of us just had to slow down and look after the boys and because my boys are that age now that they need someone there with them most times and my boys are big <clears throat> excuse me they're big uh, sports kids too they we do judo we do uh, basketball and we do soccer so it's a busy week so I am right now Sam is just doing relief teaching <laughs> I'm doing really yeah <laughs> I'm doing relief teaching in the primary school, a couple of primary schools here in Darwin, and I'm loving it. And um, it's always nice to to start all over again with uh, young kids. Um, so. Any primary school would be so lucky to have you as a relief teacher. Oh, <laughs> thanks, <old>. man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's get into yeah, this 10 and 10. So, <clears throat> as you know, we finish off the, each episode with 10 quick questions in 10 seconds. Okay. If you go over, sure. that's fine. So you can give me the first thing that comes to mind. You can give me a one-word answer. You can give me a sentence, whatever. Um, it's yeah. just the first thing that comes to mind. Just blurts it out. All right, sure. you ready to go? Sure, i got to be careful on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time for a couple of seconds then to think. Sure. <laughs> Number one, first thing that comes to mind when you think of RAN Athletics Club. Progress. Number two, the 92 Olympics. Oh, awesome. Actually, who was the most famous athlete that you met there? I met Jonathan Edwards. as the world record holder for a good job. That would have been a very special moment. Number three. Yes. yes. Life in the Middle East. The best thing that ever happened to me. Number four. Me, sorry, rephrase. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble. Apart from my <laughs> wife. <laughs> The second thing. My wife thing. is the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> Number four, Aspire Academy. Aspire Academy is, the, is one of the best things that happened to me. One of the best. Number three now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on the, Number five. On the <laughs> Number five. Is she there at the moment? She's, she's, yeah, she's here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> she's not listening though. Uh, she is listening, I think. <laughs> okay, but you'll definitely be listening yeah. later when this goes live. Yeah. Number five, what it's like to start a new program, as in when you started the swim program at Aspire? Um, what it's like to start a new program? Um, 
for me, it was scary. But um, I never give up. And that's what I did. I stuck with it and I'm happy today. They've got an awesome aquatic program in Aspire Sports Academy, which I started. So it's got my name on it, signed and sealed. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, what would you say to an athlete who says, I can't swim or I don't like swimming? Never say I can't. I always tell athletes that, regardless what sport you do. The people who, Usain Bolt, who is the world record holder for 100 meters, 200 meters, whatever. If you watch a lot of his uh, races before he was known, he used to lose. He used to lose on his races. He'd come fourth, come fifth, but he never gave up. Look at him today. He's the best 100 meter sprinter the world has ever seen. So never say never. He's human. He's not got metal in his bones or whatever. He's not a superhuman. He's human like you and I. He bleeds blood. <laughs> so never say never. Anyone can be top in the world. Awesome. I love it. I love that mindset. Number seven, yeah. the 2022 Soccer World Cup. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It is. I guarantee you because I know what Qatar has got in stock. I just hope COVID is gone by then. <laughs> but 2022 is going to be awesome. I wish I can go, but I doubt it. Yeah, but we'll see. Number eight, what are you most looking forward to with the very kind of weird 2021 Olympics postponed by a year in Japan? Um, I'm looking forward to see if anyone will break any records because I doubt it. Because <laughs> athletes have not been training properly. A lot of athletes are training in rooms and just, you know, like tennis, you watch tennis players hitting the ball against the wall and, you know, some swimmers in, um, so it's, I'm just waiting to see if any records will be broken. That's an interesting point. And if, if there's going to be people watching too. So there's lots I'm actually anxious to see. Yeah. Number nine, where would you like to retire? Uh, Darwin. <laughs> And number yeah, 10 it, sounds yeah. like you're semi-retired now. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> number 10. This is a question that I ask everyone, and it's going to sound like it's a little bit left field. Any regular listen will know what's coming here. But if you could go okay. forward in time or back in time, which would you go to and why? If I could go forward or backwards, I would go backwards. And the reason is if I went backwards, with what I know now, I would have done my athletics career differently. I would have made sure not to get injured and, you know, get top in triple jump and get known because I never achieved what I wanted to, which was I wanted to be the best in the world, but I never achieved that. It never happened. I mean, I was, a, I was the second best in Qatar at that time, but I wanted something better. But my injury, uh, which is no fault of mine, was the reason why I couldn't continue. And that injury could have been prevented if I knew better. So I would go back in time and do it differently and probably become the best in the world in triple jump. Never know, but that would never happen now. So, but yeah, I would go back in time for sure. Well, Sammy, I just say, you may not have achieved what you wanted to achieve in triple jump, but you have lived yeah. a very rich life. You, one that anyone yes. can be envious of. Uh, you have achieved a lot of things. You've met some amazing people. You are an amazing yeah. person yourself. And I'm sure there's plenty more to be written. And there may be other things that come 
in the future, which are going to be even bigger and better. So I acknowledge you for the work that you've done um, for the athletes around the world, your family as well. And thank you for your time on the Mind Your Body Show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Are you frustrated that no matter how much you try, no matter how good you plan to eat, no matter how much you intend to exercise, you just can't seem to stay on track with your health and fitness goals? Do you feel like your best of intentions to have more energy and feel better about yourself results in having even less energy and feeling down? What if there was something you were missing? What if eating healthy was actually enjoyable? What if you looked forward to exercise? What if moving more could actually be really easy? I've put together a free ebook just for you, detailing the strategies for having more energy and feeling better about yourself. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. To get instant access absolutely free, simply visit jacobandre.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-A-N-D-R-E-A-E.com.